who knew the Ken Palm after the season ended would still be giving us uh, some metrics? You know, you two rattle and hum. One of my favorite albums. And there is Good. a tie-in to Good. the show. You too. Or not. No no March Madness. More like March Sadness. I'm a little scared of heaven because there's no sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Welcome in now the athletic director at Brigham Young University, Tom Homo, to bring some calm and serenity to our morning of shakes here in the Wasatch Front. Tom, you, uh, you're a guy that has experienced a few earthquakes uh, being a Cali boy, so uh, I'm sure this felt like beans compared to some of the things you've been through. Well, it still shook me a little bit. It's a little bit of a – I think people think it's a shake, but it's more of a little bit of a roll. And I was in one in, when I was 11, I think, 71 in L.A., and then Loma Prieta in San Francisco. I've, I've had a few, but no one gets used to them. Are you okay with me stealing that sign? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, the statute of limitations is probably worn out. It's been a minute. And because they canceled our season, everything's off. Yeah, it's, it's all good, right? Um, we were just talking about the, the simulated run that BYU just made in the national championship game. Emotionally, we talked about it. It's, it's hard to kind of think about that and go there because of what maybe our, our uh, team here could have done. How have you kind of coped with that emotionally in terms of thinking about the tourney or not? Well, first off, I, I'm not going to watch the simulation. I, it's just... It's not right. It's not hard. It's just too hard. But um, I think taking care of the kids, being with the kids, talking with them, talking about their plans, talking about eligibility and all these things that are out there, that's kind of the matter at hand right now. So, yeah, we talk sometimes. Some of them want to talk about what ifs, but I try to get them focused on what's next, what's going to happen when we come back. But I think for the most part our players are – understanding they're mature they understand that the whole world is in a pandemic and they're trying to find their place in it right now that's a hard thing for some of these young kids to do yeah how do those conversations typically go when you get to the what if we're allowed to come back so the spring sports the ncaa is clearly leaning towards allowing seniors that didn't get their final season to come back not leaning they said they're doing it's it. doing it yeah the winter sports are kind of still up in the air so how how do you approach those conversations well i was on a call yesterday with uh, the division one athletic directors association it's called lead one tom mcmillan runs that with um mark emmert and donald remy the general counsel for the ncaa kevin lennon chair of or vice president of division one uh, kathleen mcneely cfo of division of the ncaa and I think that they kind of jumped the gun a little bit on winter. It's not as realistic to me as spring is a done thing. They're going to work that out. But I think somehow, some way, it kind of spread too quickly that winter's going to follow. I'm not so sure. Um, If I was to say today, I would think it probably wouldn't. Yeah, and and I I felt the same way. I I thought, you know what, it is hard, but spring is like you never even got to the halfway point in a lot of those cases. Men's volleyball got two-thirds or three-fourths, but certainly there, there have been um, – it's been a, a struggle for a lot of teams. Uh, men's volleyball kind of sticks out because that was, it was the week they became number one and just pounded Hawaii on Thursday and just barely lost right in the other hand. And that one in particular is tough. We're going to talk to Davide Gardini. But um, there are a lot of it, – it's, it's, you're talking about what's next. I'm still learning in the, oh, man, it's just hard to – 
feel the finality of all of it. How are you coping? I'm sure, with we're going to be talking about this for years, and there'll be an asterisk, obviously, with all these sports. Um, we're just trying to make the best of each day. It's very difficult. Uh, this, the hardest part of every day is just the number of changes that happen from day to day. So you spend all day alerting and informing and warning and and trying to communicate the best you can to these uh, athletes, coaches, and our staff and fans. And then the next day, everything changes, and you go right back to square one. <laughs> so I've kind of resolved that this is, will be what we do for the next little while and try to keep everybody together. That's kind of been the message with the athletes is even though we're Zooming and FaceTiming and we're not doing things face-to-face, we got to stay together. And this generation can do it because they're techno-savvy. And the harder, the old dudes are the ones that are going, how does this work? Thank goodness I have a young assistant that can take <laughs> care of me on all my technology needs. But really, you can do a lot of things semi-normally. Most of the things that we're doing with school, tutorial, um, all those kind of things are, are not normal, but they are continuing. Let us know when your TikTok account drops, okay? We'll, we'll be the first to follow. <laughs> I'll never say never, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. These marketing people on The Rock can talk me into just about anything. Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the health of your athletic department. I'm looking at a final ranking of number 18 for BYU basketball. Gymnastics ranked number 16. Your women's track and field program was number 9. The health of the department, when you look at the Learfield Cup standing, seems maybe better than ever. So uh, how do you balance all of that and try and push it forward knowing ah, what could have been? Well, even though there aren't crown champions and it's not official in many respects, you still can't take away what these kids have accomplished in all of the sports. I think that it will be hard, and some of them had chances to be named All-American. I don't know if they're going to do All-American teams. We have some uh, volleyball players that could have been the National Player of the Year. Uh, Those are things that are what-ifs, but we know in our hearts, and they know, that great things happen this year. And you, you got to kind of hold on to that. And there, there's going to be stories to tell forever. Some of those stories will be bittersweet. And some of those stories will be great. I, don't, I just don't think with the basketball team or the volleyball team or gymnastics or track that they're going to go, ah, you know, it, it, was, it was too hard. I think they're going to go, we were really good. Now, we might have got gypped out of an opportunity, but you can't take away what they have accomplished. Question uh, about the seniors returning. Is that just seniors getting a year, or will that be like everyone was paused in their eligibility? Everyone was paused if you're talking okay. about the spring. So what they're talking about right now, and they're talking out loud, is that everybody gets like a, a redshirt year. That was like a redshirt year. Okay. Everybody gets it. The yeah. Corona redshirt. Yes. Yeah, and because I, I was thinking about that. Like, oh, if I'm a junior, did I just lose my junior? No, you can yeah. come back. So, um, you know, talking to Sean Olmstead, there's a good chance we see Will Stanley and maybe Mickey Yauhianen and Zach Eschenberg. So we could see the same BYU team, but maybe even better next yeah. year, which is a, potentially exciting. I mean, one of the things you have to think about is these, these young, even though they're young kids, I, I call them kids because I'm so old, but they have lives to move on to. Sure. Like, I just, I think Ed... Eyestone has shared that we have some great kids that if they had another year, they could do amazing things. But they're incredible students. They're graduating. They've already locked up great jobs. They're married. Some have children. 
And the question is, am I going to come back and play or am I going to move on with my life? If you talk to the BYU uh, community, our athletic community, they, there's a lot of our kids that are having to make a decision. It might be time for me to continue on with my life, but they're all waiting. They all want to see. We'll have communications. We'll have conversations. We'll let them know where we stand and they'll let us know where they stand. And we'll make those decisions to move on to next year's competitive teams. I didn't know you could leave BYU. That's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for years. Been, he's still Wait, here. Sorry, what? Tom I want to be here. In Studio B. What about the peculiar case of Gavin Baxter? He comes back and plays only a few games. Does the NCAA consider his situation differently than most? Like, is there a chance that he could be granted another Two years? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I think that that's another story that – a lot of people aren't talking about, but he came back after sitting out most of the year to be there for the team. I think it's a great story, but I think with Gavin, he has so much talent and potential that we'll have to see how it goes. And we'll probably, with this situation, have to go year to year, and we'll see how it goes with each one of them. And it's not a guarantee. Our coaches aren't counting on all of our players coming back in all the sports because they missed their spring year. You released a, about a five-minute video yesterday addressing everything that's going on uh, with co- coronavirus and whatnot. What compelled you to uh, make the video? Well, I just was talking to a lot of fans. Uh, I'd bump into people here and there, socially distanced from six feet. But I think the main thing was people wanted to know what was going on. I feel like Cougar Nation is part of my extended family. I like some people in Cougar Nation, I feel like they live in my basement. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's like there's a lot of people out there that really care about our student athletes and our coaches and our teams. And it, I just, it's just, I wanted, I called all my family, I called my kids, I talked to all of them. They're huge BYU fans. They had a lot of questions for me about Gavin and Yoli and. And volleyball, they had all those questions. And I thought, you know, our, our people want to know what's going on. We'll bring them more stuff. We're not going anywhere. We're, we're going to adjust and adapt and transition and all the other words you could use to get through this. But at some point in time, we'll be back. And when we come back, we don't, we don't want them to have left. So that yesterday or the day before, whenever that came out, and going forward, it's our plan, along with you guys, we're gonna, we think you're a big part of this sports nation, to be able to keep us connected with Cougar Nation. And we really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we want everyone to be safe. We're excited to be a part of that. And I really appreciate you saying something that no one else has said, which is, you know what, the games will be played in the future. I just hadn't thought about, yes, this will resume at some point. So I appreciate that forward thinking right there. Well, that's, that's the only way you can think. And I sure. think one of the things about athletes is all of our, every single one of our athletes and coaches has lost. They've gotten knocked down. They've stood up and got knocked down again. There's been so many things that have happened to them. They've been injured in the course from the time they were playing Pop Warner or gymnastics or whatever the sport was. These kids, they can do anything. And the coaches... You know, after a, the hardest loss possible, I get to go into the locker room and look those coaches in the eye and say, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, it's tough. <laughs> if you had a mic on us and you had some film, those are some of the greatest conversations that I can imagine for me and those coaches. 
But the next day when I see them, the next day after a good night's sleep or no sleep, they're like, okay, let's go. What's next? And that's why I'm not as worried about our kids as I am with some of our fans. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Momo on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Athletic Director. I know we're always looking for silver linings in the midst of difficulties like this. So in the few days that you've had to try and kind of pinpoint some of these and and look for good things, what what have you seen that's encouraged you about moving forward? I I just think the hope. That's the one word that we use. And what I'm seeing is that they're already planning. Now, look, everybody understands that the – The task at hand right now is to recover. We have to take care of our world, our country, Utah County, Provo, and BYU. we got to take care of all the individual teams. So we all have a task ahead. But, um, hey, we can do this. It's all going to happen. What's what's the plan or the conversation like in terms of the athletes when it comes to uh, potentially the coronavirus and or testing and whatnot? Because well, some have gone home, right? Some are still here. Yeah, most of them have gone home. But there are more than I thought that would be here. We have tried to um, be compliant with the gatherings in 10 or less. But I think there's half of our student-athletes have stayed. That's mm-hmm. way more than I thought. And so kind of in the spirit of what everybody is trying to do with social distancing and to stop this virus, we're going to shut things down. We just think it's most important. Instead of, at first, we had our coaches and working with some of the individuals that were really struggling through this. You know, you could get some shots up or take a little BP. But right now, the country, the president of the United States, our church, the university, everyone's saying, hey, let's all, let's all be responsible. And so we're, we're in line with everybody else. Fantastic stuff. Tom, the future TikTok superstar. Uh, <laughs> and BYU fans... Living in your basement, it feels like. Yeah. Hey, with all this spare time, there's going to be some new technology when we come back that's going to well, send TikTok to. True, and we got to go to break. But just this thought: some of the greatest periods of innovation have come after some real issues. Yeah. In and the we're hoping world, for that. the world, right? Yeah, Tom, we appreciate you. We appreciate the message you sent out yesterday and uh, taking some time with us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. National runners-up, BYU basketball and the Badgers of Wisconsin playing for a national title. I wish. Believe it. At least in the alternate realm of ESPN's Basketball Power Index. Jerem, what do you think of ESPN's BPI projecting BYU in a national championship game. I'm ticked. BYU didn't win it now. I'm just I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. But it's fun to just fantasize about what could have been with BYU to run through the bracket, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. We don't have any games, so we have stuff like this. I'm not sure which is more surprising, the actual 5.7 earthquake shake in Utah today or the shakeup of this projected bracket. Come because on. The They're idea, not even close. The idea of BYU making this type of magical run is fun on the surface, but it just takes me back to a place I've been trying to avoid mentally, which is what could have been. I love it and I hate it. Yeah, I live my life in what could have been. It's a fun place. 
No, that's no one do that. That's a terrible. Let's go through the details. In the first round, six seed BYU beats Indiana. Yeah, and baby. I quote, Jerem, T- take that, Cookie Monster Archie Miller. If there's, if there's one team BPI is underrating in this tournament, there's a good chance it's BYU. The Cougars spent a significant portion of their season without Yoli Childs, not only their best player but a top twenty player on a permanent basis, according to our win shares number. BPI yeah. doesn't know about his specific missed time, so BYU is probably a little better than we have them rated. Regardless, it doesn't hold back the Cougars here as they get the win over the Hoosiers. Yeah, baby, take that, Jimmy Chitwood. Uh, yeah, BYU advances. I think we thought BYU was going to win in the first round regardless. I love that we have a legit matchup graphic right now. That's great. Okay, <laughs> on to the second round. Six-seed BYU upsets three-seed Seton Hall. Yeah. Okay. The Pirates, the fighting Setons of Hall. The Cougars rely on a strength. Three-point shooting to launch an efficient attack and end it early against Seton Hall. Oh, oh, B- oh. not close. Okay. BYU ranked first in three-point field goal percentage in real life. This season. <laughs> per Ken Baum, In real life. That's a real number one ranking. It's real. Uh-huh. So BYU's into the Sweet 16 for the third time in program history, Spencer. And they have a rematch with San Diego State. Oh, bring it on the show. Dress like the missionaries. Yeah, let's go. And another high seed falls, Jerem. <laughs> All of a sudden, life in the sim 2020 life has gotten sim. awfully chaotic. The Cougars bounce the Aztecs, and that sets up an incredibly unlikely matchup in the Elite Eight with a Final Four spot on the line. BYU takes down San Diego State, and they get Yale, Jerem. Who has the better why? We know who has the bigger endowment, but who has the better why? Six-seed BYU over a 12-seed Yale, and the Bulldogs' run is finally over. BYU beat the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and now the Yale Bulldogs. Who took the dogs out? BYU did! They took down some Goliaths, but ultimately it was an underrated number six seed that got the best of them. <laughs> Childs got the best of Atkinson. What? At both ends of the floor. <laughs> and as a result, the Cougars are moving on to Atlanta. They only <laughs> ate meat. What? Atkins. Into the final four. Into the final four. BYU finally. Finally gets to a national semifinal, and that streak as the team that has made the tournament the most without a final four appearance is over. We did it, people. They match up with a number six seed, a team that got hot at the end of the season, Virginia. The defending champs, hello. The Virginia offense finally held back the Cavaliers. Hot starts by Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson put the Cougars ahead by double digits at the half. What? Virginia struggles to fight its way back into it, while BYU's run to the finals was also incredibly unlikely. It was actually slightly more likely than the team they will face in the championship, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. ESPN's Basketball Power Index gave BYU a 2% chance to make the NCAA tournament final. 2%, and here we are in the final, in the simulation. BYU making the most of this simulated opportunity. The Cougars now matched up with Wisconsin, and the Badgers, also just over 2% to make the final, uh, have are actually the underdog to BYU, Jerem. In the national championship, BYU is the projected favorite in that matchup. But lost. So let's just ignore it because it's inconvenient. Yeah, the, yeah, sure, this is fun. It's something for like five or ten minutes, right? You know what the bigger story, though, is? Run out losing his trumpet is the biggest story. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a better story than the simulation yeah. this morning. No, but uh, you're right. This is taking us to a place that we didn't want to go, by the way. And the uh, the the uh, final AP poll, is it out? I'll they just released. Okay. BYU finishes 18th in the country. Number 18. Top 20 season. I, you're right. This took us to a place that we didn't want to go emotionally because – BYU could have made a serious run. When you're the number one three-point shooting team in the country and you have a top 20 post player, what game would BYU not be in? Tell me the game that Yoli Childs played in where you didn't feel like BYU could win the game. Uh, th- there is not a game. There's not a game. So BYU loses a few games with him, but none of the games are blowouts. They're all crazy close, right? What did BYU lose? Three games? Let's walk through it. Utah cramps up. They go to OT, and he, BYU he misses loses. This is the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, then San Francisco on the road. By that's, one point. That's a one-pointer. It's a four-point game. Jake Tilson hits three of the very end. Um, and then uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's. By one point. BYU was a top 10 team with Yoli Childs. Yes. When healthy. And we're never going to know if they could have finished as a one of the top 16 teams in Sweet 16. Could they have gone to an Elite Eight? Could they have pulled a... Loyola Chicago, George Mason, Virginia Commonwealth. BYU was way better than all those teams. It's all about matchups, right? So this simulation is fun, but you're right. I don't want to go there because this team was special, and we never got to finish with them. We'll always regard this team as one of the great teams in BYU history, which is pretty awesome. I, I think in the end we're going to say this is top five team in BYU history. Oh, no we, question. We, like everything that they did. We also have my pent-up theory. This season means more because of what didn't happen the last four years. And they answered the bell, man. They answered the bell. It had been five years since BYU had played in a tourney game, and we talked about that a little bit yesterday with Tyler Haas from Spain. But um, this simulation just emphasizes the fact that uh, BYU could have done something pretty special, and unfortunately we'll never know. But uh, we'll always regard this team as one of the greats. Or do we know because of this one projected bracket? <laughs> <laughs> you can simulate um, the tourney yourself, by the way. There and is a d- website you can go yeah, to yeah, and yeah. do this. I'm not going to be doing this. <laughs> will, will Greg be doing this in his office today? Maybe, you know? National Runners Up. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now in Studio B to discuss things that are of much more importance uh, is... And another guy we can play video games Ed with. Ed Stone. Yes, Coach, you are welcome to come play some type of video games. Maybe we'll get the old Nintendo track and <laughs> that, field, that Maybe that would work tra- fine. The yes, world yes. track meet game. I, I'm more Pong. Pong came out when I was in high school. Yeah. I, we were just riveted watching this little dot come across. Boop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boop. This is amazing. Okay, Boomer. Break out the Atari. <laughs> yes. Did you ever? So obviously you're an Olympian and like three-time national champ. Three? Did I miss any? Three? Uh, it actually, actually was four. But it was four. Who, I was going to say. Who's counting? Who's counting? You should. You won. Um, did you ever do that? So Nintendo, the original one, the NES. They had a little mat you lay on the ground and you'd like pitter-patter oh, and then Not, jump. It, it was at that? a party one time and I played that. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty slow twitch, so I probably didn't even win the, the You had to race the yeah. cheetah and you're the not bear. Doing, you're not doing like the marathon on the <laughs> yeah, NES? No, yeah. no, didn't want to do that. <laughs> the 10K. Yeah. Uh, Ed, 
understandably, these are very, very unique and uh, unparalleled times. Um, so let's start with uh, how would you explain the last week of your life as a coach and just as a human being? In this, Yeah, country? I mean, like everybody else, it's very surreal, uh, unprecedented times that we're living through. And obviously, uh, we want to support, uh, you know, the World Health Organization and, and all those in, involved in making the decisions here in the United States in terms of what we're doing. So very supportive. The, the, the decisions that are being made now in terms of shutting down things are going to save lives. So that's very important. Uh, but obviously, when they were first being shut down on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, it was it was very disappointing. And uh, again, just, just surreal. Uh, we had our team uh, down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, getting ready for the um, – for the indoor championships and very excited about that and the prospects and our athletes have worked so hard and to get in a position to compete uh, at the national meet. And then to, you know, the first thing that we heard was that the, an athlete from Harvard was not being allowed to fly out. And we just thought, Oh, well, that was a, that's kind of a rash move. You know, how, how could they not allow him to come out? And that was Wednesday afternoon when we got there. And then by Wednesday evening, I think the whole uh, thing transpired with the NBA in terms of shutting down the NBA. Then Thursday, morning uh we just thought well okay well we're here so uh, the the meet will proceed uh but then uh the big 10 i think pulled out the acc pulled out and then we were thinking well everybody else is still here so maybe they'll just redraw the heats and then about three o'clock or so was when the the final announcement was made and and obviously we we understand i mean it it kind of puts things in perspective when we're talking about lives uh uh and and this the spread of the disease i understand the the importance for uh in some cases quarantining or at least social distancing and so we're totally supportive of that but also uh, a feeling of kind of um uh, devastation i guess maybe devastation is a little too strong in terms of just canceling uh, a season but huge disappointment more so for the athletes than for the coaches uh you know we're gonna you know coach most coaches are going to be back for the foreseeable future and and continue their careers but for our student athletes particularly our senior athletes that have focused and 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 this was going to be their you know their their swan song their senior years when they get their their best times their best marks and the, and the culmination of their uh collegiate dreams and in some cases setting themselves up for professional contracts and to then have that just kind of cut off uh, was very disappointing. And, and uh, you know, I was proud of, of our athletes, the way that they uh, kind of took that on. And, the, you know, in the case of, of my guys, you know, what do you do to handle the disappointment of the NCAA meet being canceled when you've worked all, all year in all, all your lifetime, athletic lifetime, to get there, to become an All-American? A guy like Taylor Franco, who uh, I think is number three on our all-time uh, mile indoor list and was just looking to, to make a splash on the national scene and then to have that that rug pulled out for him. What did he do? He went for a. Tw- he got in his uh, in his uniform and his singlet, BYU singlet and shorts that he was going to compete in, and <laughs> he went with his three teammates and they went out and went on a twelve mile run out along the Rio Grande River. And uh, I just went, man, I am proud of you, you men, you know, because you are making the best of a really tough situation. And so that that was awesome. I saw you tweeted about that, and <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Yeah, to see no, them really cool. Y yeah, and yeah. Uh, still hang in there. Um, tell us about some of the other athletes, uh, and you can't name everyone, of course, no, but no. highlight some of the, 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 I guess best stories from perhaps seniors that uh, won't get an outdoor season now. And and luckily, Ed, the NCAA is saying, okay, outdoor sports, 
We're going to grant eligibility. Yeah, outdoor, outdoor is still uh, there. But uh, obviously, if you're a senior and you're going to make that uh, uh, happen, then you've got to kind of reevaluate, okay, do I add another minor? Do I get a double major? And so, uh, and, and many of these athletes have job opportunities already out there. So it would be a real sacrifice for them to do that. But I'm really uh, pleased that the NCAA has said, hey, listen, we're going to give those, those spring sport athletes an opportunity. And, and they're still talking about the, the winter sport athletes as well. Uh, you you know, later in the day, uh, as I kind of came to terms with, uh, you know, my athletes, I, then I also started thinking about, well, what about, uh, you know, Sean Olmstead and his amazing uh, volleyball team and the, and the Mark Pope and his basketball players are all in, in similar situations. So we're kind of all in this together and we're going to all figure this out. But, um, you know, just... Um, you know, just one step at a time as, as things unfold. And, and things are in a, in a really fluid situation right now. I think the first thing that we as coaches do is, is we kind of say, okay, what now? What's our next focus? What can we, what's our next goal? Since uh, the NCAA tournament has been, I mean, or the NCAA championships in our, in our case has been taken off and the outdoor season has been taken off the plate. What can we look for now to kind of work towards? And, and the Olympic trials is still out there, okay? Now, you know, day by day, again, fluid situation. We may find there's, I think there's uh, you know some some pressure, and I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe that the Olympic uh, L- Olympic Games in Tokyo are going to be postponed a year or two. Uh, but for the time being, they're still there. The Olympic trials are still an opportunity. So I think our our upper level athletes, the ones that probably were at the national championships, are now kind of refocusing or saying, okay, well let's try to get ready so that if this thing's run its run runs its course, then we can be there. We can be ready in June when the Olympic trials come up so in in many cases at least with our track and field athletes it's been a matter of uh finding another goal another thing for them to pursue and to keep them motivated and keep them going Ed Eyestone on BYU Sports Nation, 2019 Cross Country National Coach of the Year, MPSF Indoor Track and Field Coach of the Year, BYU Sports Nation Favorite Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, okay. yeah. <laughs> coach, um, let's talk about – I'm, I'm intrigued with Whitney Orton. She's having a remarkable, remarkable season. Uh, what does the future hold for her once all of this uh, slows down and this this pandemic is downgraded? Yeah, well, well, Whitney is one of those athletes that I think has a, a great professional career ahead of her, and also she has another year to come back and, and do some great things for us as well. Um, and that's one of the one of the stories that we were looking looking at that she had a great opportunity to win the three thousand meters, uh, and. Um, and so I think for her, yes, a real disappointment. But I had a chance to talk to her on the on the bus ride to the airport, um, and uh, she was just saying, you know, she she was going to come back. She was going to be stronger than ever. She was uh, she was kind of philosophical in her in her approach that uh, that she still has that talent. Talent is talent, and she's still going to have that opportunity in the future. Um, and so. Um, she, she's an athlete that, again, this was going to be your big coming out party in terms of a national championship, in terms of being able to win the 3,000 meters. We had a very good uh, women's DMR, so I feel, uh, feel you know, uh, sorry for uh, Coach Taylor in that this was going to be an opportunity for her to win the national championship that they came so very close to doing uh, in cross country, and now this was going to have, have a chance to, to win the DMR. There was no way they were not going to uh, win that, so it, tough for tough for her but you know her athletes in that dmr they're all going to be back next year and and i think uh, they'll have that opportunity next year 
Who else do you want to highlight from track and field? Because there's so many good stories. Well, there. yeah. I mean, I, a guy like Brian Matthews, who's uh, he, he hadn't qualified for the indoor championships, but I'm sure was going to make it in the outdoor. Uh, and he's a senior. And, and is he going to be able to come back uh, in the decathlon and, and make that? Talon Franco, who um, is, is running so very well right now in the mile, he's a senior. And, and we, I just that's one reason why I was a little late today, as we were talking about, okay, what do we do now? What's going to be our mileage? What's our, what's our focus in our our intensity and uh, is he going to go professional uh is there going to be a market for any professionals right now since uh since the tremendous uh, economic impact of what's going on right now uh some of the shoe companies aren't going to be looking for to sign as many people and without him having his senior season to post some fa- uh some fast times is that even going to be a possibility for him so um but i think he's prepared to kind of look at uh, maybe getting a double major coming back and having a phenomenal senior year and if not, then we're going to give him opportunities, hopefully when things open up later in the summer, to run some fast times, to impress the shoe companies, to get the professional contract so he can continue on and pursue his Olympic dreams. Coach, it's great to have you in studio and uh, cathartic to talk through things. We appreciate you oh, it is nice. You're taking some time with us. You know what? Sport is the thing that, uh, that gets us through uh, tough times, and that's one of the difficult uh, things that I think all the athletes are going through right now because those have been canceled. But you know what? Wherever there's a playground, wherever there's a grass field, wherever there's a straight road for guys to run on, they're going to be able to go out and do those things to get them through. Even though it might not be organized in the NCAA fashion, it will be there because that is what it keeps us going through and say and say hi to my guy michael bluth okay uh, yes every time i see a tweet i well quote mike, it with the rest of development well, and, michael, my favorite. and michael bluth is one of those guys uh who is is doing very well this senior yeah. season and and uh you know he has some big things ahead of him but it's just a matter of refocusing our goals finding opportunities to do that and, and hopefully michael can do that okay. as well okay thanks coach Stay thank safe. you guys Happy. yeah this is the best of byu sports nation on byu radio The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Joining us now, our second in-studio guest. He's an outstanding volleyball player all the way from Italy, Davide Gardini. Davide, welcome back to Studio B. Thank you, guys. How are you? We're, we're good. Uh, the real question is, how are you? Uh, <laughs> a, a native Italian yeah. uh, with your country on lockdown, man. I'm, I'm okay. You know, it's been a... Tough few days so far, but hey, we're just trying to make the best out of it. So, <laughs> of, all, right. of all the athletes we wanted to talk to, you were number one uh, for me because of Italy and volleyball. So let's let's talk about it. What's the situation like for your family and friends right now? Um, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough situation. It's unprecedented. Like no one has ever seen anything like that. So my everyone is locked in the house. It's it's tough, man. I'm you know being here. I just look at things online. People saying stuff. But you don't really get the feeling of how it really is. And talking to my family and my friends, they're like, hey, man, this is, this is serious. Like, it's, it's not a joke. It's not like a little thing. Like, it's big. And it makes me feel bad. But at the same time, hey, I'm here. There's nothing I can do. So I just try to support them, try to do my best here, try to, you know, be safe and smart about it. But, yeah, it's, they're doing okay. Every, like, all my friends and family, all of them are fine. 
but the situation is tough, so it's not good to hear. What did <laughs> they do in the past the time to get through this while they're locked down? Oh, uh, you know, like my volleyball, the my friends that play volleyball, they're trying to learn, you know, stay in shape, do workout at home, still getting reps, touching like you know volleyballs and do something. But it's you know Netflix, trying to watch some videos on YouTube, learning new stuff, like spending time with the families. It's like that's all you can do. There's <laughs> not much more to do. So, <laughs> so could you go home if you wanted to, or is it a situation where you want to you want to stay here? Oh no, I could. Uh, up until now, I could go home. Uh, I could still fly there. I have like a free, few Italian friends that were playing here in the U.S. and they flew back yesterday. So I'm the only one that I know that I'm still here. So, but it's I'm not very willing to go there and just you know stay in quarantine. Like it would be awesome to be closer to my family, but at the same time, I don't know if it would be the smartest thing to do in this situation. So trying to stay here, um, you know, get caught up with school and do a few things that I need to do and then when the situation gets better maybe i'll go back but how (laughs) how are you doing emotionally with that because technically you still have school yeah right um so there's some but you could do it wherever yeah um and and how you feeling because that's got to be tough as uh, away from your homeland right it's it's weird it's a lot of different stuff you know being here there's always been volleyball for me it was like the main thing it was like you know you get through the day but at the end of the day you play volleyball like you have practice you have games you travel so that was the best thing that was amazing and now we don't have that so it's just you know school work here and there and then you know your family's there you just hear from them it's like a it's like a weird situation because i feel like you know i'm in in a vacation now because i like i have nothing to do like like nothing to do like during my day exactly but you try to do a few things here and there and you know, it's just weird, but trying to do something. <laughs> Davide Gardini with us on BYU Sports Nation. We spoke with your head volleyball coach, Sean Olmsted, mm-hmm. yesterday, and he put things in perspective, saying, look, this, this coronavirus situation, it's keeping people from earning money and taking care of their families, and there are some really hard things that are happening. But that doesn't take away the fact that, as a volleyball player, you come here to do that, and you had just ascended to the number one spot, and you had beaten Hawaii and beat them five sets out of eight at their yeah. place only to have things just shut down abruptly. So how are you handling all of that emotionally, knowing that your season came to an end, but as the number one ranked team? You know, it's like a bittersweet situation. We, we're obviously, we were glad when we found out we were first, like, <laughs> obviously. And we had a few great weeks. We were working hard. We were doing great things. So when, when we heard the news, it was like, heartbreaking like it was man it was tough for all of us in this like in during the meeting with all the coaches and brian like everyone was like very heartbroken because i saw guys that didn't play a minute this year they hadn't have a chance to play one minute and they were like in tears because everyone this year was so involved and focused on the goal we were here like our goal this year was to create a culture for the volleyball team, and that's what we tried to do. And I think at the end of the day, we did it. We created a good culture of hardworking, and we were willing to, we wanted to win, and that was amazing. So when we heard that, it was just tough. Like, we were, like, speechless. We didn't know what to say. I was like, man, it's it's tough even to talk about it. So um, it was we know we know we did some good things, and we just try to think about those things. And we know that coming back next year, I don't know if the seniors are gonna come back or not, or or not. But we know that we can do it again if we put put in the hard work that we did. We can do it again, and that's why it's keeping us motivated to work. So, 
I want to look forward and then backwards. Forward would be the idea of everyone coming back <laughs> um, with Will and, and we'll see with Mickey and, and uh, Zach Eschenberg. Yeah. And, and Link's been hurt quite a bit, so yeah. we'll see with him. But <laughs> that team could be special again, which is exciting. So Friday, Sean told us, you guys were at the airport. <laughs> your bags had been loaded onto the plane. Yeah. And then you don't board the plane, you get your bags off, and you come home. So that's the first domino to fall is, oh, we're not playing, yeah. we're going to be delayed. How, at what point that afternoon did you have that meeting where it was like, oh, the season's done, once the yeah. NCAA announced that? It was like later around 5, because in the morning, as you say, we're about to like, board on the plane for Stanford, and then we heard the news, and we're like, wow, that's weird, like, the game got canceled. Like, it's okay, we were expecting something like that, but we just like were coming back to Provo, and... There was this feeling that, like, yeah, you know, everything was canceled, but still, we were like, oh, we'll be fine, you know, nothing, not too bad. So we just went and played beach volleyball with a few of the guys, and we were just playing beach volleyball, like, here in Provo. And then we, we heard the news, and we were like, oh. But still, we had that feeling that, like, it wasn't over. We read, like, the season was canceled, but... I don't know why we were there playing together. Denial. Yeah, right. like denial was like probably the first stage. Of <laughs> right. But we were there and we were like, no, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, we'll be fine. So we were just playing volleyball and we were, we were happy. And then when we had the meeting, that's when it finally hit hard. We just got there. And even for 10 minutes, it was just the players. We were there talking to each other, laughing and making jokes, like saying jokes. And it was good. And then... The staff came in, Brian came in, the trainers, everyone came in, and they started talking, and that's when it really hit us. Like, I was just, like, going from, like, being kind of, like, you know, whatever, like, probably, like, we, were, we had this hope that something was going to change. But then when we started the meeting, we all realized, no, this is it, this is over. And seeing everything that you worked hard for going away like that, it was just hard for all of us. So, and it would have been it would have been hard. I, I mentioned this, to Sean. It would have been hard if you were own eighteen. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you're seventeen one. You just became number one in the coaches. Uh, you had been number one in the media, by the way, for a few weeks, which was yeah. good. And there was some amazing. Uh, it was an amazing season. You're, and you're just coming off the week before Hawaii. It wasn't like it was weeks ago. Yeah. It was like you had maybe played the greatest match in the history of BYU volleyball <laughs> the previous Thursday. And yeah. Friday, you guys lost, but it was an epic match. It happens. You split, you barely lose. And, you know, um, describe to us, I guess, what sticks out about this season and what you guys were able to do. What, what moments pop? And we'll hit one of those moments. You're hit behind the head in, in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, as I said, we put, put in so much hard work. So for us, this season was like the season. Like, I'm not going to hide it behind anything. Like, that was our season. We knew that. And being 18 and eight, no, 17 and 1 at the end, you know, it's like, Wow, we were there. Like we were, we had the chance. But I'm glad that our last game was against Hawaii. Honestly, like that game, I think that I could not ask for anything better than that. It was like 10,000 people. Come on, we lost that game, but we went there. We swept them the night before. It was just wow. Like if the, the season had to hand to hand, I mean, that's the better way to end it. Sure. So. <laughs> epic. It was epic. Sure. There have been some magical moments for sure. And Jerem just brought up uh, one of those individually from you. You're behind the head kill, which makes it on the sports center's That was unbelievable. Walk us through that play. What the heck were you thinking when you jumped up and hit that ball? So it, was, it wasn't planned, obviously. Uh, we were trying to play with Will in transition. We tried to play very fast and on the net. But that game, like, we were a little off. We were not connecting very well. So he sent me off the net instead of very tight on the net. And I just 
thought like you know what can I do I'm just gonna try something I thought I was gonna <laughs> I thought I was gonna mess up like bad like big time but hey it worked out so <laughs> oh, by the way this isn't set one four to two it's the fifth set and it's nine to seven you can't mess up here right yes um, that that play went crazy yeah that's yes. that was pretty a few cool. people talked to me uh, like I went to the work yesterday and some of the guys were like are you are you talking to me I'm like yeah. I remember you saying, I'm like, man, of all the season, of everything we did, you remember that? It's great, but, like, don't get me wrong. But, wow, come on. You guys hit, like, 600 head white. No, no, no. no, no that, that's what yeah, that's I remember right. this. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Davide, it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And, for and tell your here. family we're thinking about it. Okay, yeah, thank absolutely. you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We have a buy or sell question now presented by the aforementioned Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Hit me. Uh, okay, I will do that. Buy or sell, Jerem. Sports Lines simulation having BYU Ooh. as a Sweet 16 team as a consolation with no actual tournament played. Sell. No. No. It's not real. It's nice. We were already thinking that potentially BYU could make a run, right? As a 6, you play an 11. That's a game you can definitely win. Sometimes 11 wins, whatever. I think BYU would have won that game regardless of who the opponent was. We'll never know. But then that next game, you're lining up with a 3 or a 14. Now that's a fun matchup. A top 12 team versus uh, BYU. Let's go. Uh, I go sell. I buy emotionally, but sell in reality. I'm buying it, man. I, I think this team was... They were built for March. This team was built for March. Uh, I know that the prospect of playing a Seton Hall in Albany, but again, it's all based on hypotheticals, right? Who knows which three seed or which four seed BYU would be playing? Um, I I like BYU as a Sweet 16 team. I think they were. Well, very- I did too. I'm selling it because it's a thing called Sportsline, <laughs> the most unoriginal name of all time. Hi, we're Sportsline. Are you just one line of sports? Yeah, I'm buying it. Whatever they're called, like I, <laughs> I, I am buying. I am buying the projections. I, I, I really, honestly believe BYU was more likely to make a Sweet 16 than not. Well, I do too. Yeah, we've been saying this for weeks. Okay. Yeah, uh, and they did. A, they they broke down by score. They the BYU Let's down in Stanford in the first round, 75-71. Yes. Squeak by the three seed Seton Hall, the Pirates, seventy six seventy four to advance to that Sweet Sixteen. These are all false. BYU scores eighty plus. And then one. they lose a heartbreaker to the two seed San Diego State, seventy four seventy three. I saw a bunch of people Rematch. say, "There's no way BYU would lose to San Diego State again, and they'd have Yoli, and we would be in the Elite Eight. Well, UNLV and Utah State, two teams that BYU defeated, both beat San Diego State late in the season. Yeah, well, want to point that out. Nevada had San Diego State on the ropes as well, and BYU beat Nevada and by thirty. Nevada. <laughs> yeah, BYU beat UNLV by thirty-three. How about that? Different time of the season. Well, lead eight then. Yeah, why not? Why stop at the Sweet Sixteen? <laughs> Our question. Seth Davis said Atlanta. Final four. As the sleeper. As the sleeper. CBS, get huge fans of that video. <laughs>
It's another Top 5 Tuesday presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. We're focusing on Kyle Van Noy. Let's go. Number 5, we revisit Kyle Van Noy's monster game against San Diego State in the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl. Oh, my gosh. You were in the stands as a fan in this one. He put the team on his back. He had a lot of good plays from this one. He blocked a punt in an amazing fourth quarter. Jamal Williams ended up scoring on a 14-yard run. Much, much more coming from this game in a moment. Uh, like right now, at number four, at the Poinsettia Bowl, the KVN Bowl, we should just call it. Yeah, BYU's yeah. offense was struggling to put up points on the board. In steps Kyle Van Noy with the strip sack six. That's his best play as a Cougar. This one right here. And this angle? Uh, so good. Puts yes. BYU up 10-6. The Cougars never looked back. Number three. It was the start of the season in 2011. In fact, the first game of Independence. Oh! BYU struggling on offense. The strip by Kyle Van Noy, the fumbling and stumbling and bumbling into the end zone. Kyle Van Noy recovers and BYU wins. Five minutes to go. The offense hadn't put much together. Ethan Manumaliula said, Ula said, no, 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 Kyle Van Noy, you, you get this. You caused it. Single-handedly wins scored. the game. 14-13. Brigham, as he would say. First game of Independence. Yeah, countdown to kickoff in Studio C. I remember the day. It was fun, man. Number two. The battle for the old wagon wheel in Logan in 2013 started <laughs> off with a KVN <laughs> KO punch. Very first play from scrimmage. Van Noy jumps a Chucky Keaton pass and is celebrating a pick six in Ogden. The Cougars went up to win that game 31-14. I kid. I kid, my friends in Logan. I loved it. Utah State was so excited! And then first play, pick six. And we have a player that's better than yours. And the number one play in the history of Kyle Van Noy. I thought number three was number one play. This, This play, we're saying the pick six is number one. It didn't pick any of these plays. They're fantastic. It sealed the deal, you know. It sealed the deal as Adam Dingwell, that's a fun last name, uh, picked off, takes it to the house, and BYU would end up winning that game. Uh, Kyle Van Noy outscored San Diego by himself, 12-6. to six. So, yeah. Dingwell, more like Ding Fail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the top five. Everything was going great until I read that. The top five sorry. plays sorry. from Kyle Van Noy. What a, what a career. So happy for him. He gets $10 million for each of those top plays. Yeah, well, well done. And another million on top of that. Wow. Uh-huh. I'll take just one of those. Five. Life is good. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Bolt Star presented by Trio Senior Living. First and 15, at least it's football, right? <laughs> we just went through the bracket matchups for BYU. ESPN's Joe Lenardi has the Cougars as a six seed yep. in the West taking on Indiana in Albany. Uh, again, all of this is hypothetical. Taking on the Cookie Monster. Yeah, all of this is hypothetical. <laughs> Archie. Jerry Palm of CBS had BYU as a six seed as well in the West region, playing a, an 11 seed from a play in nature. Jerem. But UCLA or Stanford? Is that UCLA or Stanford, correct. Which bracket matchup do you like more between Lenardi and Palm? Uh, I like Lenardi's more. Uh, I like six seed uh, Indiana in Albany, 12.40 p.m. That'd be the second game or third game of the day, two point favorite. Indiana was a team that uh, went 20-12 in the Big Ten, 9-11 in league. 
I do, I do like the idea of if you're not 500, you shouldn't make the tourney. Uh, five and eight away from Assembly Hall, so they struggled on the road. So perhaps BYU on a neutral court would be all right. Net of 56, Ken Palm of 34, so big disparity there. Good team, not a great team. Uh, four and 10 versus Quad One. Uh, Tracy Jackson Davis, 13 and a half points a game, 8.5 rebounds. I would have liked that matchup against Yoli Childs. That would have been fun. Yeah, I'd, I would have liked to play Indiana, a blue blood. That would have been fun in the first round. UCLA, a rematch, uh, that's not going to happen. So one of the bracketing principles uh, kind of broken there, Poss- possibly, right? Stanford, a team that BYU played a couple years ago in an NIT one-and-done situation. Um, yeah, I, I think Lenardi would have been the most intriguing matchup to me. Interesting that both of them had BYU playing in Albany because a week ago we were kind of like, oh, it's going to be St. Louis, maybe it's going to be Spokane if BYU is a five-seed. Oh, I, th- I didn't matter. know where it'd go. It's one of the four Thursday Saturday. I don't know. The upstate New York situation for BYU with, uh, the, with Joseph Smith, the church history, and Jimmer Fredette's ties is interesting. The, uh, yeah, the, two of the J's? <laughs> Joseph and Jimmer? <laughs> right? Okay. The Albany situation is interesting. But I am of the opinion that BYU would benefit from just having to prepare for one opponent. And I think it depends on the coach you talk to. I uh, got you. But not having to prepare for two teams and not knowing who you're going to play. And I know there are people that, well, hey, they'll be worn out. they got to play on Tuesday and day, and they're going to turn around. They're not going to beat BYU. They're going to be tired. I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that. I don't, I don't know, Dennis. Because St. Mary's, uh, they figured out a way to beat BYU after playing a double overtime game on Saturday and then having to play on Monday, gotta, right? Well, you got to bring I'm just saying. A week so, ago. Uh, that was the longest week of our lives, by the way. And it's still going. That was the longest week <laughs> of our lives. Yes. Oh, and it's just beginning. Yes. Wednesday feels like an eternity ago. We were in <laughs> Vegas at this time last week. What? So I'm, I like, I like the scenario right of BYU only preparing for one team. Just simplify the process. Mm. And the Cougars, remember, didn't lose back-to-back games yeah. all year. Yeah. All season. So it doesn't matter who they play. Uh, whoa, I like whoa, BYU's whoa. chances, ability to bounce back as a six seed against whoever would fit on that 11 seed line. I'm trying not to think about how awesome this day would have been if it were normal. Making preparations. I'm not to because we would have been celebrating BYU in the bracket. Yes, they, they, they got in. They were probably this, a six seed, even though they probably should have been like a five, whatever. Avoid the 512 for all you scaredy cats. Um, it's fine if you're scared now. There's, like, legit reasons to be scared. Um, it, this is such a fun day, right? And BYU would have left tomorrow. They would have practiced on the court Wednesday. They would have played Thursday. We would have been celebrating a win Friday. They would have played Saturday. We would have been celebrating a win Saturday. And BYU in the Sweet 16, potentially. Who knows? We'll never know that. And it's just, it's just a, a major bummer, man. It's the right move, societally. But it still doesn't mean it's not hard. It's pretty incredible with how much the world revolves around live sports. That became very evident yeah. to me over the weekend. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second. About 10 years ago, there were those, I'm not going to say who or where, but at the university, that looked down upon sports <laughs> and said, there's no future in this. <laughs> well, look who's live right now. A sports show. Okay? I felt... Uh, th- that was unfair criticism. I'm not going to say who or where. If you talk to me privately, I'll tell you the exact name of the person. <laughs> but I, listen, live sports matter. They're a distraction from real life. And now that we 
now that real life is really hard and we don't have sports, life's even harder, right? We don't have that distraction. We can't go to the movie theater as easily or at all, right? Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Up to you. But, uh, and, and get away from this, right? But this is a serious thing, and we don't have sports. Um, but you're going to have this one hour as long as we can do this. I'm grateful for the opportunity. As I was driving to work this morning, I just felt an immense sense of gratitude that I could leave the house and come and do this. We may not in a few weeks. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone does. And right not now, taking right? it for granted. Yeah. I'm not taking this for granted. Yeah, exactly. The NCAA announced it is has granted extended eligibility for spring sports, as we mentioned in the headlines. Do you love this or really love this? I really love this because the NCAA has made another correct decision. Wow. Hallelujah. Do the next right thing, Frozen 2. Unprecedented stuff from the NCAA. Yes, they have made multiple correct decisions within the same calendar week. It's incredible. So I really love this, and I'm so happy for the athletes, especially the spring sports that were just getting their seasons going, that they'll at least have the option. Do you want to come back and play? You want to come back and participate? You can. Yeah. This is 1 million percent the correct thing to do because I felt gutted, especially for BYU teams like softball who were really coming into their own. And I look at Riley Jensen McFarland specifically, and she said, I'm just absolutely heartbroken. She's the best player on this BYU team. This is her senior season. She was off to a remarkable start. If she wants to come back, she can. The BYU track and field squads are better than they have been collectively in a long time. The state of BYU athletics as a whole is trending towards historic uh, accomplishments, right? I mean, they, they are. need football to catch up. Yes. Let's go. Okay. So I really love this. As for the winter sports still being discussed, I, I am intri- I'm interested to see what the NCAA rules specifically for men's basketball. How are they too far into the season? I think they are. Are they too far into the yeah. season to say? Yeah, I think you I know think what? it'd be weird to give them come a full... come back another year. Yeah, or... I, I think that'd be weird. Okay, I do. Or do they do what Greg Rubel is suggesting they do? And he brought up kind of a, a scenario that I hadn't hadn't even crossed my mind, and That's that is does. an expanded bracket where if your team qualified for the bracket this year, I don't know how they qualified for the bracket. They didn't release the final one. You have exemption. They should have. I, I don't know. Does the selection committee say? Hey, uh, for those that were going to be in, it's now a 96 team field just for I next wish year. I've done that, yeah. So I don't know. Like those, all of these things to think about. I really love the fact that they have decided to bring the spring sports athletes back. I'm ecstatic about the spring sports. The NCAA has a history of doing the wrong thing, and now they've done the right thing. Uh, this is great. So those sports, as mentioned, that apply at BYU spring specifically baseball, golf. That's good for Peter Quest, although he should probably just go pro. He's really good. He's going to. Uh, Softball, tennis, outdoor track and field. Not indoor. Indoors in winter. Outdoor track and field, and then men's volleyball. I'm particularly thinking of Mickey Yauhianen and Will Stanley. Those two guys. Can those guys come back? Do they want to next year? Mickey, we'll see. He's so academically inclined that he may just graduate and go to grad school. So, like, he's an excellent student. Let's go to grad school at BYU, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying Will Stanley's not an excellent student, but he's a great setter, too. Um, <laughs> he's awesome. And Will quoted my tweet um, about him saying, oh, if I have the opportunity, I will. His name's Will, so there you go. Uh, Winter, I don't, I don't know. I, I think they played too much in several of the sports. Like basketball, I think they I think they played too much. I think it's just done. That's my thought on that. Would you be unhappy if they granted at least no, the opportunity? No, I don't think it makes less sense, though. Like, they didn't, they didn't get to play. BYU, like, if BYU was one and done, it's one game difference. You don't get a whole season for one or two or even three games. It's max six 
for most of these people. BYU played its conference tournament already. Yeah. Uh, you have to wonder if guys like Dalton Nixon and Zach Selyus would opt to come back and play another full season. It'd be if, fun to don't get me wrong. If it'd they be were fun given to have them. I just, I just, I don't know how much it would impact guys like T.J. Haas and Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs who are going to have professional basketball. I have questions about how does it work. With, there's yeah. a lot of logistics that go into that, but the idea is good. To okay, spring, you get a comeback. You didn't get a play. Let's go. All right, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, whether it brings you joy or sorrow, ESPN's Joe Lenardi, as we brought up, began giving results yesterday based on the simulation of the NCAA tournament. It included halftime scores, final scores, and then some key stats in that game. Mm-hmm. We've added a few stats as yes. well. Oh, oh, we're having some fun with this. <laughs> the six-seeded BYU Cougars yesterday faced the 11-seed Indiana Hoosiers in Albany, New York. After leading by a score of 40 to 21 at the half, the Cougars advanced with a 78 to 61 win behind 16 made threes. Spencer, how does BYU moving on in a fictional tourney make you feel? Well, it makes me smile at first, especially at Joe Lenardi's tweet, who at the end of the tweet, or in the middle of the tweet, throws some shade at Archie Miller, who <laughs> compared bracketologists to Sesame Street characters yeah. acting weird and saying outlandish things just so they can get people to watch. So I love the shade that Lenardi threw back at Archie Miller, Indiana's coach. Um, it's fun. You know, it, it makes me smile. And I go through varying degrees of emotions because you will always wonder what if BYU had actually played a team like Indiana, a Power 5 team from the heralded Big Ten, which was supposed to get like every team in their conference into the tournament because this is the best year ever for the Big Ten. But to see BYU beat a team like that and then him throw out numbers like 16 made three-pointers – Lenardi was dialed into BYU and the Cougars' potential to make a run in this tournament. So, yeah, initially makes me smile. Jake Toulson, uh, amidst those 16 three-pointers, apparently made six of them, Jason. Look, six from 11, for look, 11 from tr- beyond the arc. Try and, try and find these stats to prove us wrong that this didn't happen, okay? Yoli Childs, 18 points, 10 rebounds, another double-double from <laughs> the machine. Five assists because Indiana opted to double-team him in the post, so he's passing out to guys like Toulson and T.J. Haas. At TJ made four threes and Gavin Baxter, Jason, yeah. with an appearance. Yeah, Gavin Baxter with a five, five, and five. Five points, five rebounds, and five blocks, yeah. doing it on both ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and we've got uh, the BYU Cougars in their white jerseys to prove <laughs> just how good they were making three pointers, although that arena in Albany looks a whole lot like the Marriott Center. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's why BYU felt so comfortable. Look, with absolutely no live sports to speak of, this did bring me some joy. It brought Jerem probably the most joy. Once the game was a final, he jumped up, he ran out of our office, he was fake high-fiving everybody because of social distancing, of course. He had to take a day off. He, had, he was so excited he needed to recover today uh, because of that. Look, you, you knew after the disappointment of losing the WCC tournament game to St. Mary's, BYU's going to come out. And what are they going to do? They're going to go to the strength. What's been the strength to go to the entire season? It's been shooting. 16 threes. That's what, that's what happens. And now they're facing Seton Hall. Now, here's the reality of this. If BYU loses to Seton Hall on Saturday in an entirely hypothetical scenario, BYU fans will legitimately be bothered. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to hypothetically be real upset. By the way, if BYU doesn't get to at least a Sweet 16, it'd be like, come on, Lenardi. You, really? really? What are you talking about? We already know they're going to the championship game. Well, according to ESPN's BPI, yes, but how closely will Lenardi's simulations follow what BPI projected? 
<laughs> BYU losing to Wisconsin. TJ has a still mad about that game as well. <laughs> I love it so much. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Third man on the desk now is the new BYU football running backs coach, Harvey Unga. Harvey, welcome to Studio B. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being with us uh, in a very unique, frankly strange time. (laughs) Uh, How are you occupying your time these days with a new promotion but no live sports? Um... A lot of Madden and Smash <laughs> Brothers with the kids. Um, no, we honestly, it's it's been it's been fun. Um, it's like definitely weird, just trying to transition into this thing. Um, but I, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's it has been fun to to spend a lot of time with the kids and and just you know hang out with them. Like we're, a lot of time we're outside, just hanging out at the park or riding bikes or doing something outside, and then. If we're not out there, like I said, we're probably inside playing Smash Brothers or um, Madden or something like inside. And then I can't count how many board games we've played <laughs> over the last two days. All those board so games that never got played, now they're finally paying off. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You actually invested in something that you're going to use. Definitely. We're, we're going to yeah. play The Floor is Lava when I get home today. Ooh. Apparently it's a new game. I don't know. So. We've played that. <laughs> we've played that. So as individuals, we're obviously going to all handle something like this differently, and it's something we've never had to deal with before. How did you handle that initial reaction when you realized that essentially the sports world was was being put on hold? I was crying a little bit. <laughs> no, it, um, I don't know. It, it was it was tough because like what, not being able to watch sports. Like in my head, I'm thinking like, man, how many reruns? Like, am I going to be watching of sports? And and especially during like March Madness, like that was that was a killer because I I love basketball. Like that's that's one of my biggest loves. And and you know, with my wife and her um, their tournament and everything like that, it was it was kind of crazy to to see everything shut down. And um, yeah, it was just just a weird time. And, and I mean, still is. It's it's weird. Just you know, sitting here in spring and thinking, man, I don't, like I'm not coaching football. I'm not watching any other sports just kind of trying to figure out what to do with my time and and um especially now with this position it's it's been i don't know it's been crazy but um definitely has helped me i guess kind of get comfortable with the role and everything like that everything's pretty slow so i'm adjusting you know pretty easy and then um it's definitely helped me out as far as watching film of of recruits and and you know really diving into that whole part of this position. It's, it's been, I don't know, it's, it's different, but it's also been, I don't know, for me, I think it's been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Let's talk about the timeline of you officially receiving the job and what that has been like uh, in terms of your current role in this very unique circumstance. So yeah. uh, let's rewind at the moment you found out. How did you find out and when did you find out that you had the job? Um, was it Wednesday, Wednesday evening? Yeah, Connie. Uh, Connie gave me a call and um, just yeah, congratulated me and said, "Hey, you know this thing's going through, and and just proud of you for the hard work and you know everything that you've done, and and you know I'm, I'm excited for this and 
let's let's get it going. And then, um, yeah, so that night he gave me that call. And then yesterday morning um, was when I, I came in. And I've uh, kind of, I don't know, going through the NFL and, and seeing that kind of stuff, like I don't ever believe anything until there's a contract <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> so I was like, ah, sounds good. But... Um, yeah, when everything was said and done yesterday morning, I, I, you know, was able to sign all the paperwork and everything. Then that's when I was like, holy cow, this is like, this is real. Yeah. So this may sound like somewhat of an obvious question, but you certainly had responsibilities with this group as a GA and you've been involved in things, obviously. What's the biggest difference from being in that position as a GA and now being the guy? Honestly, it's, um... I don't really take a ton of things off of my plate from being the GA to being the, the full-time guy. And, and um, I don't know, the, the coaches know. Like I, The title might have changed, but like what I did as a GA and my work ethic and everything else, it's going to be the same. Like I'll, I'm, There's nothing beneath me. I'll, I'll continue to do whatever GA work I need to do as well as you know the full-time stuff I need to do. So... Um, I think the the biggest difference is the recruiting part, and um, and then yeah, I mean taking over the room and and coaching the backs with my own flavor, and and you know being able to actually like dive into this thing the way that I want to do it, and and um, just yeah, I mean taking over everything now is it's it's been a different adjustment and different change, but um, fortunately, Coach Stewart was super helpful and, and you know grooming me into this position and and um was a great help and all that so I, I appreciate him for that and I'm, I'm i'm just excited for this harvey Uma with us on byu sports nation you talk about adding your own flavor to the room i hope that within that flavor includes the energy that was exuded in a picture posted <laughs> by eric mateos yesterday who said mood for 2020 and then brought up a picture of you Fully engaged, super intense. Harvey, I, I want this type of is. energy <laughs> when you go in the running back Thanks, room. E. Is that fair? Thanks, e. uh, definitely. Th- these guys know. I, I I mean, the the player in me definitely, there, there's a side that I, I feel that it kind of translates into the coach in me. Um, and these guys know, like, when, when I'm coaching, I, I – that passion definitely comes out. I feel the same way, you know, coaching as I do when I was playing. And and, and they feel it. They I, I hope they feel it. And, and I try my best to, you know, just continue to have that same kind of passion. Because even though I don't have the pads on and I'm not able to hit anybody, it's I still feel that. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I want to hit somebody. I want to, like, you know, have that, that same kind of drive and passion and stuff and, and, and use it through, through coaching and then just to see them like succeed and, and and do well like to me that's it's it's fun that that's where I get I get passionate about it how aware are your players of your playing days and and your accomplishments um do they realize how much of a stud <laughs> that you were as a player honestly I, I don't I don't know I don't really talk to them about it hey we'll talk to them. Yeah, we'll bring, <laughs> it up. bring them in bring them in no, we'll do all that I, for you no I Honestly, I I mean I I get they know who I am, but I don't I don't I don't know. We don't ever talk about it. I don't talk about when I was playing or whatever and, and if anything I like 
if I do refer to the whenever I was playing, it's majority of the time it's more about my teammates and and the way that they played and and um, yeah, more so about other guys. But I don't I don't know I don't really. It's probably bad, but I don't really care to talk too much about when I was playing. <laughs> All you need is one still frame picture. The one of you running over Robert Johnson, not Steve Tate, <laughs> but running over Robert Johnson against Utah uh, about a decade ago. Just just have that picture mounted in your wall. Point to that whenever they question anything. It's Yeah, I, I love those guys. Steve knows I love him. Robert <laughs> knows I love him. Um, and with as far as the pictures go, they, they know how I feel about that. I've told them, too, that at, at my house – I don't have any football stuff of me or anything like that. A lot of it is more mom and her her playing days and then um, their uncle who, who played and, and stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I'd be a hypocrite if I told them to put a picture up of me because I don't even have any in my house. So I may have more pictures of you at my house than you have at yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so... <laughs> I, may have just, I may have just shared awkward, too much. But... Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Real truth yeah, it's, it's a truth bomb happening yeah, right uh-huh. here. Okay, so from a logistical standpoint, obviously, under normal circumstances, spring football is going on right now and you're around the guys. Yeah. Logistically, what type of contact can you have with players right now, or can you? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we were able to contact them, and, and um, there's a group thread with the running backs that, that we're on, and I keep in touch with them every day, and, and they know, like, nothing as far as the expectations, nothing's changed. Um, to me, I, I, I'm still in spring ball mode, so I'm kind of diving into, you know, hey, you know, remember these things, and as far as the runs go and passes go, um, just, you know, their their jobs. And then they're, they're still in school, as weird as that is. So I'm, they probably hate it and they're probably sick of me, but I'm hounding on them about their academics. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in touch with them every day. And, and all the coaches, like the offensive staff, you know, the, everyone's in touch with the players. And um, it's, I mean, it's the day, that, day and age we live in. So... We're using technology to the best of our ability and, and FaceTiming guys and um, just, you know, when we can, we'll send them videos and, and, and cut-ups of plays and um, just different things for them to stay engaged in the game and make sure that, you know, they're still on top of everything. And then, like I said, I probably bugged them way too much about school, but I, mean, I, got, I have to. It's, it's tough, so... Okay, let's talk about what you inherit in the cupboard, starting with your graduate transfer, Devontae Henry Cole, a lightning round of sorts. Uh, when I say Devontae Henry Cole, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Speed. Speed. I mean, th- there's been numerous people that I've been able to come in contact with and know him um, on, on, obviously, the football level, and that's the first thing they say. So then watching his film, I can see it. I mean, the uh, the kid has – he's got speed, but the only thing – I think people have a misconception about that is they don't – I think they don't think that if you have speed, then you're probably not a strong or, you know, physical back. Yeah, not but physical back. Yeah, that's not the case. The kid's physical. He's strong as heck. He's physical. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him. And and I think one of the other guys, too, that, that people had probably a similar misconception is Siona Finau. You know, not not the biggest guy in the room, but if you watch the way he plays, the kid's tough. He, he's strong. Um, very rarely in this past season would you ever see him get hit and, and fall backwards. And that's something I think that's a 
a rare trait and quality for running backs to have. Like if if you have the ability to fall forward every single time you're getting tackled, I I mean, as a running back and and you know me watching other running backs and and trying to evaluate them, that's something that I I really appreciate. And, and I mean, you hear it all the time. It's a game of inches, and that kind of trait where you can fall forward every single time you're you're getting tackled, it it, it matters. So. And you and Jamal Williams kind of made that your mantra, <laughs> BYU for sure, not losing yards. Um, and hopefully Sione's uh, progression from his knee injury is going well. Yeah, he's doing great. He's doing really good. Um, he's he's moving along. I think he's moving along a lot faster than I anticipated. So I, I'm excited for him, and he'll uh, he'll be ready. He'll be ready when the time comes, and you know when the season rolls around. Praying we have a season. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, for that. seriously, we we all are. Um, but he'll he'll be good, and I'm excited for all these guys, Devontae and and you know all the backs that are that are in there now, and the ones that are coming in. It's it'll be fun, and I'm I'm just excited for you know the the challenge and and the the blessing of this to be around these young men and, and hopefully help them just grow as as far as football goes, but you know their life away from football too. Hopefully, I can help them out some way somehow because. My running back coach to this day, like I, I talk to him, you know, as often as I can, and definitely somebody that, that molded me into, you know, a better person. And hopefully, at the end of all this, that that's what I want. Like, I mean, all the coaches that I that I coach with now, Coach Grimes, A. Rod, Fest, Clarky, Mateos, like even Coach Pew, I, I keep in touch with. But um, definitely guys that have helped me just be a better person, a better coach, better husband. Um, I mean. Blair Peterson, Spencer Patterson, like yeah. all those guys, JD, Dallas, everyone that I've been around and work with and hoping I can, you know, do the same for these young men and try to, I don't know, bring bring us back to those fun days when we were putting up points every game and, and you know, win, winning Let's go. Win as much as we can. Let's do yeah. it. Let's I'm, do I'm it. excited. Let's just get Haka Harvey out there. Okay, <laughs> let's go, man. I might pull a muscle if I try to do that now, man. Congrats on the promotion, man, and thanks for coming in. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Appreciate it. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Five-on-five pickup special. That's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. You are well aware that CDC regulations, being as they are, limit gatherings to groups of 10 or fewer. And we, being law-abiding and situationally aware citizens that we are, will stay compliant by each picking five players from an all-time BYU Hoops roster to represent us in a pickup game. Oh, how I would love to see this actually played out. I'm we- looking forward to heaven when we could actually maybe play this. Mm-hmm. I'm a little scared of heaven because there's no sports. I'm excited, but I'm like, is there? Anyway, I want to see this in heaven. No one will get tired, right? We drafted our teams and we'll unveil them shortly, but uh, it's related to a piece of business that we need to handle. Who got the first Finally. pick? Finally. It's Jerem Jordan. He got the first pick because yeah. he is the 2020 BYU Sports Nation and one basketball regular season champion. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my family. Uh, no, it was, it was a fun season. Of uh, We had going for two. We had and one. Um, I was about as accurate as uh, people are predicting earthquakes, 
But uh, I did win 45-40. to 40. It was uh, well fought. I thought your team was extremely well coached and worked <laughs> very hard. I want to give you guys a ton of credit because I'm in the credit business like American Express. I'm going to take that credit back to my locker room and you tell everybody that, you, to you, feel you, good hey, about Hey, you know it. what he said? He said we worked really hard. They're giving you a ton of credit, man. Oh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Uh, it was fun to uh, try and predict what was going to happen. Okay, so uh, as mentioned earlier, you were rewarded with the first pick yes, in our five-on-five all-time pickup basketball draft. Time to reveal your team, Jerem. Okay, so we alternated. I got first pick, and so here's the five I got. Uh, I picked Danny Ainge first. We're going to talk to Jimmer for that. How does he feel about that? Your boy, Jimmer. Gulp. Uh, Michael Smith. Yoli Childs. Jackson Emery and Bleach Blonde. Travis Hansen. So you want the I'm not take, shady Travis yeah, I'm not Hansen. Yeah, t- I'm, not, I'm taking the Travis with some attitude coming over from UBSC. Now he's, like, all nice and stuff. I want the mean guy. Not the mean, but, like, the he has attitude on the court. So that's my team, man. That's my team. Who's your solid team? Solid team. Almost as solid as mine. I drafted Jimmer Fredette. I can't believe you left him on the board because you have – a long-standing relationship with Jimmer. You've been to his house. He's been I, to your house. I love Jimmer, but I took the goat. I took Danny Ainge. <laughs> He's the best player ever. Jimmer's second. I got a guy that's going to get me a bucket on demand. Doesn't matter who's guarding him. Doesn't matter if it's your Danny Ainge or Jackson Emery or Travis Henson. Jimmer's going to score. And if by chance he misses a shot, Jerem, I have so much length. Led by Sean Bradley at seven feet six inches, Kreshemir Chosic. He was Luka Doncic before Luka was Luka. <laughs> Devin Durant and Brandon Davies. So much size in there with the six foot one Jimmer Fredette, greatest individual score in BYU basketball history. Again, this is a pickup game, so no refs. So Jimmer's not going to get the calls from the refs, right? It's going to just be hard fouls. If he comes down the lane, Michael Smith and Yoli Childs. And, he doesn't need to go down the lane. He can shoot from 30 feet. I got some of the best defenders in BYU history. Here's my issue with your team. I think those are great individuals. You're too long. Like, I have too much speed. I am oh, I'm going, sorry, what? There's too much size, what? Yes, yes. And size doesn't help you in transition. Devin, uh, you're telling me Devin what? Durant can't guard people. Brandon Davies can't guard Yoli Childs. Jimmer and Devin aren't the issue. Listen, you have to put Bradley, Chosich, or Davies on Childs, Smith, or... Uh, Ainge Emery Hansen. I'll take. I'm, I'll I'm take getting my a luck. rebound. Uh, you know, Yoli's getting a rebound. He's kicking to Danny, who's sprinting up the court with Jackson and Travis filling the lanes, or even, or even uh, Michael Smith throwing down, kicking. I, so your advantage is size, but it's not 1989. It's 2020. So we're going to shoot threes and get out in transition and do a lot of that with Jackson Emery dunking. <laughs> and Michael Smith can shoot threes. You, yeah, you you have two dudes that can't shoot threes. Right, I have all five that can shoot three. Jackson ain't dunking if seven feet six inches is under the rim. Basically, no, no, no. The whole game. In transition, but why? Why? I because don't need, I don't need to send Sean Bradley down the court. He could stay at half court for all I care because he's got half four court. Of the guys you got to put him in the paint. What are you doing? <laughs> Get a coach. Trust me, if you decide to run in transition, my team decide. will adjust accordingly. I will, will adjust accordingly. I will tell you my game plan openly. Try and stop it. Who's going to win? Let's have a poll. Send out, send out the teams of five, and you tell us who's going to win this five-on-five pickup basketball game. Jerem says, I have too much length and I'm too slow. Oh, man. Uh, no, I'm not saying you're slow per se. I'm just saying my, our guys are my, faster. My team is not fast enough to yeah. stick with your guys. See, I like Brandon Davies on Yoli Childs. I like the Jimmer Jackson matchup. Kreshamir can guard Michael Smith. Yeah, okay, man. So Devin Sean Durant Bradley- on Danny Ainge. Let's go, man. 
Devin Durant on Danny Ainge. Danny's flying by Devin. Ponderize that. Okay. <laughs> Devin's an amazing score. This would be so fun to watch. This would be so fun to watch because they're some incredible. Now, Krasimir Chosich is the great wild card in all this because, oh, as we show him, oh, he's, he's the best player you don't know very well. Okay. And some of you know him, but some of you do not. You, you said he was the Luka Doncic before Doncic. If Kresmir Chosic played now, he's 6'11". With, he probably had like a 7'2 wingspan. And he had ball handling he's, skills. He's basically Gavin Baxter on wheels. Like a guard, ball handling, um, in transition version of get, like Gavin's oh, he's so size funny. and athleticism. Kresmir Chosic filled the Merritt Center. So the Merritt Center is built in 71, 72. Chosic packed that place. Look, look at these. Look how packed the Marriott Center is, okay? It's like seven or eight years later that Danny Ainge comes in. They, they basically built the Marriott Center because they had Chosich. They, they had to get out of the Smithfield house. It was too small. They had won some NIT championships. Chosich would be fun to watch. He didn't have a three-point line. Danny didn't either, but he competed in a three-point shootout in the NBA. He made plenty of threes. Mm. Um, but Chosich would be the all-time. Of, of course, Crespo Chosich ends up being an ambassador to the U.S. for his native country uh, in Europe, uh, what becomes Croatia, right? He translates the Book of Mormon as well. He's got an he incredible was so, legacy. Like, he's the only BYU player in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Did you Like, Jimmer's not in there. Danny Ainge isn't in there. Danny will be. We'll see with Jimmer later. It's Stan Watts as a coach, and it's Kresimir Chosic as a player. Yeah, and Kresh is the definition of an international superstar. I took a... I had an Uber ride home from the Salt Lake City Airport coming home from Las Vegas after the West Coast Conference Tournament. Why didn't and, you call me? Um, be- because you were driving <laughs> back. I don't know. Um, uh, it was the most convenient thing. And uh, he, he was from formerly... Free UTA working here. Yugoslavia. He, my Uber driver grew up, grew up in Yugoslavia. Oh, nice. And I told him I was a sportscaster for BYU, and we immediately he immediately brought up Kreshimir Chosin. Absolutely. He's not a, my Uber driver Legend. was not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He had been living in Utah for the last little while, but we talked about Kresh basically the whole way home from Salt Lake City to my home uh, in Utah County. And I, I got, a, tell you I got a kick out of that. Oh, just that he was, he was the icon of icons when it comes to sports stars in Yugoslavia and that whole mm-hmm. area. Yep. Everybody knew who he was. He was he's not only a great basketball player, but he was a better man. I, it was cool to hear that from that perspective. Yeah, and uh, Kresh ended up converting to the church at BYU and uh, uh, unfortunately passed away um, you know, several years ago. So never got to meet him, never got to kind of hear him speak. But, yeah, he's the wild card in this. He's, he's such an interesting player. He did, not decide, he did not go to the NBA. He went back home to play. And uh, they end up winning a gold medal in the Olympics, by the way. And he's like the main guy. Outstanding. There there was a documentary done um, by someone um, a few years ago that was really good as well. So if you have a chance to, so if you could, I don't know that. I don't think we have that on demand, by the way. Sorry. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a question before we're done with this five on five. And it would be so fun to watch this game play out and pick up. No refs. No refs. Just. Pick up. You Pick call up. your own yep. fouls. Yep. You if, know Danny's getting in a fight with somebody. I love it. If there were a supplemental draft, let's say somebody on your team gets sick and can't show up, and so you need one more guy, who would you go with in the supplemental draft? Jonathan Tavernari, just so I don't have to hear from him about this, that he wasn't in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid pick. I'd probably take Kyle Collinsworth. Kyle Collinsworth would be fun in this. He'd definitely be shirtless, let's be honest. <laughs> He's like, skins, yeah. no matter well, what. Our team's skins, man. Skins. And we're going to eat healthy after the game. Here's, here's the breakfast. I brought everyone a bowl. <laughs>
We're healthy. Let's go. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Here we go. Uh, Speaking of next year's team, uh, and this year's team for that matter, joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline is TJ Haas uh, via Skype. TJ, welcome to the show. We appreciate you uh, working us into your schedule. Very unique situation. Uh, Let's start with this question. How's your family and life as a new dad? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to spend a little more time at home, and so I uh, get to be around the little man and Lauren, which is it's been awesome. I like your background picture here, a photo. It, feel, it feels like we're on a bridge. I, I like that. It's good. I know. My my wife served in New York, so she got a Brooklyn Bridge back here. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's better than Jimmer's background. He had some nice uh, pictures up, but I, I, I'm having like a 3D experience right now. Um, obviously, we want to dive into what happened the last couple of weeks, but let's start with today. We're talking to you today. Today would have been, and it, you know, Lenardi projected uh, Albany at 1240. Right now, you'd be three minutes into the game. Emotionally, how are you coping with, with this right now? Today would have been the day. I know these days are hard. Today's hard. You know, Sunday was hard. Um, I'm trying to keep my mind occupied. I have a lot of school to do. I'm, I'm spending time with family. Uh, if I if I think too much about it, I think I just start crying. So yeah, <laughs> try it's, not to think about it too much. And it's been hard, uh, just as you know, fans of the game, right? To to not have those. Um, what what was it like on um, on Sunday, Selection Sunday, when? When Mark Pope sent out that video uh, voiced by the CBS guy, I know it was, you know, it was, it was super cool to be able to see that. It's something you you've dreamed of, you know, since since being a little kid, and so to be able to see it was super cool. It was also heartbreaking because you know we we put so much work into this year and and we really earned that spot, and so. I don't know. To to see it was cool, but man, it's just hard. I feel like we should we should be three minutes into our game right now, just like you said. TJ Oz with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, walk us through a timeline of your last week and the emotional spectrum that you have run through. A timeline, um, as far as just everything that's happened. Yeah, let's start uh, there. You get back from Vegas. Yeah, came back from Vegas. Um, you know, we that we had a travel day, and then the next day we came in and kind of had a little workout. And um, during the workout, that was when the rumors were floating around that uh, there wouldn't be any fans at the tournament, and that was kind of weird. Uh, we're like, that's going to be super weird playing in front of nobody, but you know, at least at least we're still doing this thing. And then the next day we had a team meeting, and that morning, you know, they they started canceling, you know, all the conference tournaments and things like that, and. So, you know, my phone was, I had a bunch of people texting me asking if this, this thing was going to get canceled and, you know, all signs were pointing to, to yes. And, you know, we had that meeting later that day and uh, found out together as a team and it was, it was just super hard, you know, coach told us and we, we kind of sat in silence for a little while. And it's one thing that's just, it, it's hard to swallow. It's unprecedented. No one's, there, there's nothing really to say. There's, you know, no one's ever really been through it, so nobody knows really what to say. So it's just one of those things that's just 
it's super odd. It's super, it's super weird. No one really knows what to think about it. It would stink um, no matter what kind of season BYU had, right? When, when you're playing. Oh, you know, no, no, no chance. Were we on the boat? But this year was like, you're totally in. Lenardi revealed just a few minutes ago, TJ, that you guys would have been a true five, but a six with Sunday play there. Um, and, you th- yep. it, and like you said, and, and we've done it to a certain degree too, we've avoided thinking too deeply about it because it would hurt, right? So at what point, and maybe you haven't, did you come to the realization that it is over and now I, now I got to deal with it in some way? And I, I don't really know if, you know, I've fully come to the realization that it, that it's all over. Uh, the guys on the team keep talking and it's, it's just, you know, this, this year has been so much fun and the relationships on this team have been, have been as good as they get. And I've had, I've had so much fun on this team and, and I, we wanted to just go out with a bang and have, you know, one final run and to have it all stop like it has, it's just, it's it's too hard to think about and it's hard to think that you know this run with these guys and it's all over and it's interesting because we we thought okay this team can legitimately win at least the first round the second round that's a good possibility right only two teams have ever gone to the sweet 16 espn bpi does the simulation for whatever it's worth um and you get to the national championship game it's like man we'll just We'll just never know, and that's really hard, right? And I'm mad we lost that game. We still <laughs> I said the same thing. I'm like, well, now I'm ticked. Why didn't we win the whole thing? Can't be, well, come on, of course BYU is going to beat Wisconsin. TJ Haas with us Absolutely. on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, TJ, I, now one thing that your coach told us, and we talked to Jake Toulson as well, he said that, that is okay to focus on is remembering the good things that actually did happen. So what will you remember most about this season's BYU basketball team? Yeah. Uh, you know that we've, we've talked about that as well. And it's, it's just one of those seasons that we had, you know, so much adversity and so many ups and downs. And, you know, we had times that were as hard as they come and times that were as good as they come. And, you know, we had a lot of extremely fun wins. Uh, you know, we had a senior night that, is arguably the greatest senior night of all time. Uh, you know, it, that was, that was something super special. And then we had a lot of fun wins on the road, you know, Maui, all those things. And then, you know, the list of adversity goes on and on with injuries and suspensions and, you know, all that tough stuff. And it was just to, to have all that hard stuff. And then our team just battled every single day and we just grew closer every single day and to just overcome that adversity and, and earn the position that we did was, was something so special and something that, you know, I felt like our whole team laid it all out on the line uh, every single night. And when, when you're done with a season like that, you look back and there's, there's no regrets. We, we, we gave it all for this team and um, we put ourselves in a great spot to, to make a great run. There was a time last year, TJ, after the season, where I wonder what life was like for you mentally with the upcoming season, because there's no Yoli Childs coming back, right, um, at a certain time. There's no Jake Toulson. There's no Alex Barcelo. Um, maybe you thought, I might get 35 shots a game here. I don't know. But this, <laughs> this team came together in an amazing way and led by Mark Pope, right? And this culture develops, and you guys have an international trip. And then the, adver- the adversity starts with Gavin's injury. Zach breaks his foot, and then Yoli, and so on. 
So what what was it like emotionally from right after the season you lose in a disappointing way in the WCC tournament to where we sit now in terms of, wow, that was an amazing season? I know it's, it's, it's crazy how it all worked out. You know, I never would have imagined that it would have gone this way. Um, so many, so many things happened when, when coach Rose retired, it was, there was so much unknown there. You know, you really didn't know anything that was going to happen the following year and it all piece by piece, it just came together. And, you know, we went on our trip to Italy and, and, you know, I felt like from there on, it was just, we, we just got better every single day. And it was just, it was just a year that I, I will never, ever forget. When, like when in the year did you think, oh, we could be really good, like for real? And the summer and uh, Italy, all those trips, I felt like we were going to make some serious noise this year. I knew this team was special. What, what was it about the team that gave you that idea? You know, I felt like we just, we just had guys that had, had, had been through it and we had veteran guys and guys knew what it takes to win. And when you have guys like that, it's, you know, guys were really willing to just do anything to, to help us get a win. And when you have all those pieces, um, guys willing to, to dive on the floor and, and come up with five rebounds, if we need five rebounds to win the game, that's what they're going to do. And we had so many of those guys and, you know, when you have guys like that, it, it, it's, it's special. And uh, I think it showed all year. TJ, what does your basketball future hold when this pandemic calms down and games eventually resume? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep playing basketball. I want to keep playing for as long as I can. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty for next year as well. So um, just taking it one day at a time, trying to figure out, you know, my next step. Um, but uh, trying to find creative ways to, to stay in shape right now. <laughs> uh, Tyler was on earlier this week. He said he had Skype workouts with his team. That's different. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. You getting short on <laughs> Skype? incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he wants to do that. <laughs> TJ, you had so many iconic moments this season. Um, what's your favorite memory in terms of your highlights, uh, whether it's one of the buzzer beaters, it's you yamming on some guy from Weber State, uh, the alley-oop to Yoli to win in San Diego. What, what's your favorite memory or moment? And I feel like there were you know, a lot of special, special memories for me personally, and those don't come around very often. And to have a few of them in a season is, was super cool, super special for me. Um, but it's hard to argue with, you know, the St. Mary's game and, you know, going to the hospital after that. That was that was a super cool experience, a super cool 72-hour experience that uh, I will never, ever forget. TJ, great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we wish you the best uh, amidst a very unusual time, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. You got a TJ Haas on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. We're on the Brooklyn Bridge there. That was great. I love that. This has been such an interesting yeah, and, and, and needed an, and fun week. What an amazing season for TJ. So Man, guests, he so was guests. so good this year. Oh. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU advancing to the second round of 
Joe Lenardi's fictional NCAA tournament. Woo! After defeating Indiana, we're going to take it. 78-61. The Cougars shot 16 of 28 from three. It's just what BYU does. They will face Seton Hall in the round of 32 on Saturday. Beat the Pirates. Jimmer. Fredette is a 16 seed. It's ridiculous. Facing number one seed Christian Leitner, of all people. We'll find out if the nation really does hate Christian Leitner. That was on the other night. In this greatest college basketball player of all time bracket. Jimmer looking to pull the UMBC upset over Virginia, if you will. Ah, yes. And having some more fun with all of the brackets that are out there, and they are plentiful. Number one seed Danny Ainge's game winner in 1981 is taking on James Forrest's buzzer beater in the greatest March Madness moments of all time bracket. Also, the 10 seed, which is Jim Romania back in 2011, mm-hmm. takes on 7 seed Ali Farouk Manesh's dagger in 2010 in the same region. Northern Iowa. Yes. Come on, Jim or over. That, uh, Ali Farouk Manesh, I mean... The innards that he had to take to that take shot, shot and make the shot, yes. impressive. But Jimmer Mania, again, I think that's understated It's a as whole well. event versus on. one shot. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, go vote. Have <laughs> your say, people. Jimmer the pole, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cougars in the NFL. Former Cougar Michael Davis received a second-round tender from the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Davis played and started <laughs> in 12 games for the Bolts, had 39 tackles, two interceptions, what a story. Davis, undrafted in 2017, now entering his fourth NFL season as a starter. Taysom Hill is the only restricted free agent in the National Football League to receive a first-round tender from his team. During his three-year career with the Saints, Taysom has recorded 119 passing yards, 352 yards rushing, and 238 receiving yards. Golf. BYU senior Peter Quest will forego a return to BYU and uh, his senior season, understandably, and will now turn pro. He won 10 tournaments at BYU, which is just wild. Ranked the number one golfer in all the land in the fall of 2019. Good luck to Peter, and congratulations on an outstanding BYU career. We do have one other side note. LMU has hired a new basketball coach to compete with Mark Pope and the BYU boys. His name is Stan Johnson. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, associate head coach at Marquette. Now he takes over in Los Angeles and for the LMU Lions. So uh, an interesting church tie there for uh, Stan Johnson. Absolutely. Look, LMU is one of those places. I mean, you're in... You're in L.A. If you don't know where LMU is, it's if you've ever been to LAX, it's if you have a strong enough arm, you can throw a baseball and hit it. I mean, it's not that close, but it's close <laughs> enough where it's it's not a bad analogy. It's really close. You should be able to recruit to LMU, and we've seen obviously some good talent come through that program. Uh, yeah, and yeah, getting a guy like. Stan Johnson from Marquette, that's a, that's a nice cool. hire. Yeah, no, BYU fans were aware of him when BYU was searching for a coach before the Mark Pope hire, and uh, if and when that time ever comes again in Provo, his name will certainly be in the mix. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.